You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where we try to save you from the dangers that are hotel motels, blankets, comforters, and, and used pillows. According to our listeners, my man Lamont says, hey, he opened up my eyes today and and someone, if, if, if anyone in your family ever offers that said mattress, you you, you respectfully decline, right? <laughs> yeah, you, I guess. I mean, are you taking a mattress now? I mean, not to say that you need one nowadays, but, you know, you have that spare bedroom. And you're thinking, well, I'm not going to sleep on yeah. it. I mean, <laughs> you see how you, you're like, I'm not sleeping on it. As long as it's just not me. <laughs> It's true, but we talked about it. Hotels, you're sleeping on used mattresses all the time. And during the break, we were talking about the pillows. You know, just people use pillows for all different types of things. How many props? How many times have you used a pillow as a prop weapon? Uh, you know, anything, all of the above, uh, Circle D. You know, what have you used a pillow for when in the act of 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 the nasties? You know, so think about that pillow. If that pillow could talk again, he's sitting there with a cigarette telling you, man, this life has been crazy. That pillow's just sitting there like, I've man. seen some things. Yeah, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen and smelt some things. 713-780-3776. Let's switch gear back to football here, man. Let's, let's talk some sports because at least one team has gone from worst to first that's winning its division the season or, or the, the season after finishing or tied for last in 16 of the last 18 seasons. There's a team that goes from worst to first. Who is it going to be this year? Last year, it was the Washington football team. They were able to pull off things with a, with, with a limited offense. With, I was looking at their point differential, man. I might, place a, I might place a future on the Washington football team again, like with the Brady situation. Not that I think that they were going to win, I, although they, they did. But I think that if Washington makes the, the playoffs, they very well could. If they did it last year with, with that defense and they get any kind of improvement, they got a few more receivers now. They got a better quarterback. If they get to the playoffs, you can start betting against them. You'll have like a 35-to-1 equity. Their defense is strong. Strong. They just got to get something out of the quarterback position. Fitzmagic? Yeah. I mean, he's getting up there, man. And, you know, how many more years is he going to be able to do this? It just – I don't want to see him go. You know, like he just – you feel like you could have plugged him here on the Texans. You know, you feel like you can always plug him in somewhere. He's that serviceable guy. They already have. You know, <laughs> he's already quarterback for the Texans. It's like uh, that line for Major League, like, man, wish we had him five years ago. We did. <laughs> they were trying to bring him back. You yeah. heard that, like, turned off season. Someone was like, well, I mean, we, we could use Fitzpatrick now. I'm thinking that's where the Texans fans are mentally. I remember when Romo, after all the years that, that Texan fans, you know, talked down on the Cowboys and Romo and, 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 and his lack of being able to play in the big game. As soon as Romo came available that, that offseason, remember, they started paying him to Houston. Yeah. Houston fan was like, I mean, well, he ain't that bad. <laughs> they got that Westbrook, uh, Westbrook syndrome. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I mean, he's not that bad. Well, I mean, at least he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. You know, I think that was the thing. And Because remember, there was actually a debate for a while, like who's better, Romo or Schaub? <laughs> we know how that played out. Romo ended up being better. But for a while, people were arguing about that. The... Weapons for the Washington football team are as follows, and they did pick up a few uh, weapons on the in the uh, offseason, but it's not much. Okay, so the run game, we know they didn't have it. I'm trying to pull up the new roster. So it's uh, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Adam Humphreys. The two that they added was Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys. 
is that really I mean Curtis Samuel man he had a really good year last year they you can use him out of the backfield around the goal line remember we saw him you know vulturing some touchdowns last year from the running backs we saw the Sims remember Cam Sims trying to make his move at one point or another but now they fall back in the depth chart because Adam Humphreys he's I'm, I'm gonna say serviceable he has this moments I'm not gonna say that he, they try to make him that prototypical guy, you know, hey, just throw him in the slot. Throw the white guy in the slot, right? He he can do his thing. That's what they try to do. I'm not sure it's it so much panned out to it, but I'm not sure that the the offense there played to his strengths as well. You know, they I, not a too much of a pass-heavy offense that he played on. Uh, I guess they're upgraded as far as the, the, the wide receivers. we got to say that's an upgrade. We know that Logan Thomas at tight end, he was doing his thing towards the end of the season. And then we know that Antonio Gibson was doing his thing before he was starting getting injured. Man, he's he's a good player. I like him, man. 11, 11 touchdowns last year. I mean, you know, we went over 1,000 total yards. You know, if he can stay healthy, 36 catches last year, I like him. You know who they like? Fourth on that roster, Lamar Vanilla Miller. He wow. made to, he's still playing, is he? Yeah, he's 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 fourth on that depth chart before behind Peyton Barber. Oh, that's bad when you're behind Peyton Barber. Just think about that though. Uh, so much has happened since that Lamar Miller, you know, you the king of three and a half yard gains. I just I look back and I think, man, the, the Texans have tried so many different things. Like, hey, they made me believe Lamar Miller was going to be all mm-hmm. right. Bill O'Brien strikes again. They overreacted off his little moment that he had in, in uh, Miami, though. Remember, he had his little moment, then all of a sudden it's like, we'll take him. Yep. Didn't pan out. As far as Washington football team, as far as everything that I've read to you, though, it's got to be an upgrade on the offensive side of the ball. The defense got better. What makes this team not liable? Their, their point differential, and I'll, I'll pull it up, man. I had pulled up so many stats on them, and, and it was you were thinking, man, if they would have got any kind of decent offensive play, they were shortening games. They were making games short, short. The defense, keep the other team off the field as much as possible. Let's win an ugly game. You saw when they played an ugly game and, and went and punched the team in the Steelers that was supposed to be the tough team, the undefeated team. Mm-hmm. They went and beat them, and they, they basically took the, the mask off the Steelers and showed everybody who, how ugly they really were. That's true. I, you know, they're a defense I like for fantasy football this year. You know, if you, Washington football team, man, they're legit. Sticking to that. Division, did you see the Cowboys schedule? It's pretty favorable, man. They don't play too many tough teams. Outside of Tampa Bay that first week, they go Chargers, Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Patriots. Teams, I mean, those aren't playoff teams. No, but I think the Chargers are going to be – I think they'll be better on defense this year. They're getting some guys back. Offensive-wise, too. Yeah. Yeah. it's favorable to them. If you look at the way that it comes out straight out of the gates, what expectations for the team? Because I think that there'll be value. Many people are going to look at that very first game and they're going to say, man, if the Patriots or the Bucks do come out and beat up on the Cowboys by six and a half points to, to the common man, it's going to look like, okay, they won by 10. Wow. The Cowboys are still the same old Cowboys. But then if you get that little, window of games that they should be winning in as far as after that game they're favored by six and a half six five so they're favored handedly in those games two of them on the road and they're favored by five and six and a half points that goes to tell you how much better they're supposed to be than those teams i think that maybe you can catch that little wave with them don't you think just just riding on in and as as people overreact after the first game then you Mm -hmm. react to that no i agree i i like dallas this year i you know we talked about this maybe last week's show or the week before that 
you know, if I had to pick a team, I think they win this division. Of course, that's all based on Dak being ready to go, but they expect him to be ready for training camp. So I think C.D. Lamb's going to take another step forward this year. Zeke is in better shape. That offensive line should be a little healthier. So they're kind of like the Texans. If their defense can improve, that'll, that'll go a long way. How do you feel about playing a lot of your division games, you know, backloaded towards the end of the year? Four of the last five are division games. With the with the one that isn't is Arizona at Dallas, so it, they're all going to be. It, it almost seems like it's it's a lot going on, especially if you need to win those games. It's it's a, a lot to put on a team stressful wise. Then going into the playoffs, and remember they did this the NFL on purpose. They put more division games at the end of seasons to because you were seeing teams rest guys, so they're like, let's make these games mean more. So we'll put them at the end of the year. And that also will be the, your fantasy playoffs will be right around then, too. Will be a lot of division games. 713-7037-76. Before the game starts, it's in Spain. It's Barcelona. I'm going to smash that over three and a half. And I'm also going to hit over two and a half goals for Barcelona on themselves. I believe Barcelona's going to score about three or four goals. But they're also allowing goals at a big rate. Where they're at right now, three points is all they need. They, 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 one does them no good. If they have any chance of catching Atletico Madrid, they have to win this game. And then their uh, their opponent, Santa Vigo, is right outside of the uh, champ of the Europa League spot. They're right outside. They've won four of the last five with a new coach. They're one of the highest scoring teams since getting the new coach. I believe that they're going to get on the board at least once. Barcelona's letting goals out left and right. They let three goals last game. I believe that it's going to be about four to one, three to one, getting that over, getting you in the cash, and getting you paid. I like it. On the other side, I want to talk about David Culley. He, he made some comments about. Davis Mills and their quarterback position. And I don't know, it kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. So I want to I want to bounce these comments, you know, off you after we get to the other side of this break. On the other side of the break, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to you. If you want to get on the phone line, 713-780-3776. This is Money Down on a Sunday, ESPN 97.5. Shout out to everyone hanging out on Twitch this morning. Dr. Dre is in the house now. Alex Villanueva, the general, the Aggie Milkman, asking where Josh's Red Bull is. My man Josh's hype, he chugged that thing. Mm -hmm. He downed it, and he said, let's get this thing going. It's Moneyline on ESPN 97.5713780-3776. We mentioned the the PI, and we're not talking public intoxication. Many guys out there right now said PI, public intoxication. We're talking about the Palace Inn. Palace Inn. Uh, close to many people's heart. And I don't even know why we extend this conversation, but then, like Josh says, man, anytime I've ever been to a hotel, I, I, I just take the comforter down. Yeah, just throw it on the floor because they don't wash those. Which I'm, I've never even thought about it like that. And you make a, a fantastic point. How often does the comforter at a hotel slash motel get washed? Because it's a process to, to wash a comforter mm-hmm. rather than washing sheets. How often does the pillow get changed out not the pillowcases we're talking about the pillow because how often do you maybe drool a little bit yep and that soaks through you know now all of a sudden you see where we're going with this <laughs> i don't know why i ever stayed in those places but it's disgusting i even like I said in vegas whenever i was there not long ago you you walk into the room and, and you look around and you and you start suspecting things you know you're mm-hmm. thinking i know i know somebody did something in here at one point this time with covid man i'm i'm, I'm wiping down the phone, you know, the, the light switches. The remote. That's a big one. Well, they say 
they say I read I read a article an article a few years back and they said that the remote at a hotel is one of the filthiest things in life. Those it, remotes have seen some things. Josh brings up a point. What if you go into the PI before? Or, yeah, we're going to give you room 206. And you're like, all right, well, let's go look at two, room 206. Let me inspect it. And you go in there with a, with, with a black light. Oh. <laughs> and you just start walking around. The guy's looking at you like, really? We're going we're gonna to do this? <laughs> like, you're paying twenty nine ninety nine. What'd you expect to get? <laughs> like, you're paying, 20, you're paying by the hour here. You know what I mean? You go in there, there's stuff on, on the ceilings. On, yeah, how'd you get it up there? On the phone. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm t- all right, $19.99. Like I said, she's like, all right, all right, let's, let's, let's cut a deal, $19.99. Let's get right over to Lamont because he wants to talk hotel rooms, and I got a feeling this is going to be good. What's going on, Lamont? Hey, man, it's a lot of dudes that didn't call crabs in the hotel, man. What? Uh, Got to stay out of it, uh, dog. Uh, say, man, uh, you, it's funny that you had this conversation because uh, uh, about about two or three years ago, I uh, was going to upgrade my bed, and I was going to give it to somebody. And my wife was like, uh, "Nobody don't want your, uh, 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 nobody don't want our mattress. Uh, uh, just think about that. That's nasty." And I was like, "Okay, okay. Well, let me just go throw it out for big trash pickup." Then I started thinking about it. And I was like. Man, we we done been all over the world and stayed in all these hotels and motels, and we know that people been getting it on for a, a whole lot more, a whole lot more inside those rooms. We don't have a problem with we don't have a problem with sleeping inside of a hotel or a motel, but we do got a problem with giving uh, uh, somebody our mattress. That's crazy to me, man. And uh, uh, years ago, man, about fifteen years ago, I seen a special on. Uh, I seen a special on 2020 and was just talking about how nasty some of these rooms are. They went in there with a black light. Mm. They went in there with a black light. Say, man, it was stuff all over the place, man. And and my last thing, when I go to hotel rooms, I go with my own cleaning uh, bucket, my own cleaning bucket, and I wipe down everything in the hotel room. I uh, uh, tell a concierge to send me up some uh, a new blanket, um, new linen. New linen and uh, new towels. I, I take all that crap off bed and uh, uh, get it up out of there. Hotels are real nasty, man. That's all I have, fellas. <laughs> no, he's right. He's right. You've seen you you've you've been driving down the freeway before, and you see someone moving in that old pickup, and you see a mattress, and you see a spot on that mattress, right? And you're yep. thinking, what happened there? And then the person that receives said mattress happily receives it because they needed it or whatever reason. They get it, and then they use. They're like, "Well, just flip it on the other side. Flip it over." If, if, well, you can only flip it twice. <laughs> Eventually, you come back around. You know, no, it's true. How many times? Like a mattress is something that I don't want to say hand me down, but they're they're. Yeah. You don't you, you don't just throw away mattress usually. Like you don't get me wrong. You, there's people that do, and you you I have before, but for the most part, you would be like, "Hey, I got an extra bed." You you were thinking you were doing them the favor. Yeah. No, it's it's funny. I mean, Lamont's right. We don't we sleep in hotel rooms all the time, and we don't think about we're sleeping on a mattress somebody else was sleeping on eight hours ago. You don't know what that person was in there. Like you no. don't know, you don't know what that person was doing. I always think of uh, the summer vacation or the summer rental with what is it with John Candy? Where yeah, the summer guys in, Yeah, he's in the, he's in the bed smoking cigarettes with John Candy's dog, and he's like, "Hey, get out of the room!" <laughs> and he's like, he takes the crutch and he starts hit. Get out! You know, I'm thinking. 
man, now you got to, he didn't want to lay in that bed. I always think like, you don't want to, you don't know what that guy was doing in that bed. Same thing when, especially in Vegas, you, you're telling me they didn't turn up a little bit extra, a little bit extra drinks before you know it, a little bit of, of experimentations were, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're the next one coming in there and the housekeeping before you had a bad day. And then they said, you know what, let's just wipe down a few things on top. Let's just, I don't feel like going downstairs to get an extra blanket. This, this doesn't look like they used it much. Mm-hmm. And then here you come paying $250 a night in Vegas to stay on something like that. No, I mean, Lamont's onto something there. There was a show on the Travel Channel. It was called Hotel Impossible. And basically, this guy would show up to hotels that were losing money and going out of business. And he'd give them tips on how to save the business. And you would not believe how many of the problems were with the, the, the cleaning people. Like, he found this one. Like she was using the same rag to clean the toilet that she was using oh, to like, wow. w- like you know, to, to wipe up the sink and, and the little tray that the soap sits in you know, using the same rag. That happens often. Yeah. There was also another show called Room Raiders on MTV. You remember that yeah. they would go to people's room? And I remember they would do the black light. Con- uh, like the, yeah. <laughs> And that black light never light. I think, man, they didn't want to edit this out for that, man, because you would figure out things real quick. <laughs> and then sometimes you would see spots. Uh, you can see those spots from space. I'm <laughs> telling you, man. Like, yeah, it, you know. looked, it looked like the stars, you know what I mean? When they, they turn off the light, they boom, black light on. You're like, man, this is, is that the moon? You know, <laughs> you're, you're trying to count out planets because they're so big of spots. I've seen them. And then the guy would be so embarrassed, the person. Here. Of course. <laughs> of course. Let me ask you in hotel rooms, are you the person that kind of cleans up when you're checking out? Like you take, you know, your empty soda cans or beer cans and you throw them in the trash and kind of put all the towels in the same spot? Or do you just leave it and you're like, man, screw it. They get paid to clean this up. I think I've been on both. Okay. Like, I, I, I've, I've, I'm like Bieber, you know. I've switched in life, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was an animal at one time, you know. Just like, you know what? Forget it, you know. And then now you think back and you try. You, you almost act like it's yours. But then you start thinking of, I don't want to get hit with that. They don't want, I don't want them to take my deposit bonus. No. And I know they're looking for a reason. <laughs> When you you know they're looking yes. for a reason to take that deposit bonus. So when you go to Vegas now, whenever I first started going years ago, they would just say no smoking. You know, when you have a no smoking, it would be a cigarette. Now when you go up, it's no smoking and it's got the weed leaf. Right, <laughs> you're not even allowed to smoke because that's what people don't realize about yeah. Vegas. Just because it's 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 uh, legal as far as recreational weed, the consumption of it is not legal as far as public. You still have to be in a private establishment. You're not even allowed to have it in, on premises. On the hotel, in the hotel, if they see it, they're a lot of confiscated. The wind, they'll confiscate it at the door if they see it, and people get pissed. I was going into Circle the day of March Madness kickoff, and the guy was trying to play dumb. He was, he, I guess, he had a cartridge, one of those vapes, and he was like, he was at the door, he was trying to play dumb. He was like, "Man, I left uh, uh my my uh, vape," and then the girl was like, "Your vape?" And he was like, "Yeah, it was uh, you know, the cigarette kind." She goes, "Well, they wouldn't have kept it if it was if it was a marijuana kind. It goes to the box," and then he was like. He stayed quiet. He's like, all right, well, how do I get it back? And she was like, well, was it the marijuana kind or was it, you know, nicotine? And then he, he's like, I mean, this is the one I always use. I mean, I, I mean, it, he didn't want to say. And she was like, if it was a marijuana vape, you know, cartridge, it is in the box. She just calls it the box. And then finally he gets pissed. He's like, what the hell is the box? <laughs> like, yeah. how do I get my pin back? At point point, she said, well, I could call the security, and they could come. And he was like, nah. I'm just... <laughs> Although they couldn't, you know, probably do nothing but other than telling him he can't get it back because it's not illegal to possess it. It's illegal to consume it, you know. 
That's crazy. Is that why? Because we've heard reports that like people just walk up and down the streets in Vegas. Oh, everyone's blazing. blowing it anyways. Yeah. Everyone's blowing it anyways. But every once in a while, it's just so crowded. Like from that Planet Hollywood area to to a little bit past, let's call it uh, Harris and all that. That where it's real crowded. Mm-hmm. I mean, you smell more weed than cigarettes nowadays. So they're smoking it all up and down. But they can easily every once in a while you'll see a cop have someone sitting down. And you're like, damn. Got him. Really? I guess Got you just him. get a ticket for it for doing it in ticket. public? Yeah, and if you want to make some deals out of it, they, or, you know, like a big deal out of it, then they will. I mean, I've seen it go down, and you're thinking, it's just up to that cop, but they don't want it to take over as it has. The casinos don't want it close to because the casinos are all connected to liquor and uh, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Like, in one way or another, they're all connected somehow. So you're not... In, in Vegas, you can get weed delivered to you from the dispensaries. You just call them and you tell them, hey, this is what I want. This is where I'm at. And they bring it to you, right? You can't have it delivered to a hotel. That's against the law because the hotels do not want anything weed going by there because it, it, if they feel it takes away the guys consuming marijuana, could have been consuming drinks, which leads to. Man, yeah, because if you get a little more sloppy drunk, you you might make some more bad bets, lose some money, something like that. I was there. This was several years ago before it was legal. And our cab driver was telling us, like, man, people just like you just walk up and down the street. It just reeks of weed. And he said uh, during the All-Star game week, he was like, it was madness. He's like restaurants. People would just go in and, and eat and just get up and leave and skip their checks just because there was just so many people there. They couldn't keep track of everybody. So it's been kind of an issue even before they legalized it. But that's weird, right? You legalize it, but you can't do it here. You can't do it outside and you can't do it in your hotel room. And you can't, when you're, like, basically driving as well, you have to have it in a compartment where it's not accessible by the hand, like we're in in arm's reach, per Mm -hmm. se. It's just a lot of little things that go into it because imagine now that they say you can't do it, you'll get in trouble. People are still smoking everywhere. You smell Vegas, right? I mean, you smell like weed right when you get to Vegas and you open the, anytime you come to a casino, it's weed. You know, you smell it more than cigarettes. You smell it more than cigarettes now. Imagine if they said, hey, you can go freely to smoke. That's why going back to the reason I brought that up, if you smoke in your room and, and they take your deposit right away and you can't get rid of that weed smoke, easy, you know? Man, that's so, crazy. Yeah. I haven't been to Vegas in so long. So they tell you right away, if you're smoking in your room, if it smells like marijuana, you will have your deposit taken. I've seen it taken. So it's like, oh, well, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Oh, man. 713-780-3776. we got 45 minutes left and I got a pick coming up next. It starts in 15 minutes. We're going to Spain. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. To the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Administration of employee benefits is a hassle. Let HRP eliminate those burdens and save you money. Visit hrp.net today. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Shout out to everyone on Twitter. Dr. Dre says we have a parade site. Nice. Good news on a Sunday morning. Yes. Also talking about Frombert, he's going to get a few innings in, they say. Trying to get back to starting rotation. All this is good news because it seems like every week the Astros are losing someone for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. 
They are, but they're playing good baseball right now, which is great. It looks like Fromber is about to come back. Some bullpen help is coming. You know, Urquidy, we're kind of, you know, waiting to see what the deal is with him, but hopefully it's nothing serious. I think this team can really take off, especially when they get healthy. Uh, the one thing that I will get to this David Culley thing in a second, but what do you think about Verlander's comments about if, you know, if everything is perfect situation coming back, he might be able to maybe pitch a little bit for the team if they make the playoffs, like deep in the playoffs. But he said it wouldn't be as a starter. It would be out of the bullpen. Take it. So I was like, it made me think of John Smoltz. You oh, know, yeah. could, could Verlander maybe, you know, be your closer in the playoffs? And when you get older, maybe you need less stress right. on that on that arm, but then you're still a great pitcher in high-leverage situations. You just can't do it for the longevity of – I mean, you're talking about a Verlander that, that was going nine deep. You know, he's – He's going on. He's, yeah. he's giving you everything that he possibly can. At one point or another, it's got to catch up to you. And but at the, anything like you just yes. Before he even finishes asking, is it, would it be cool if I came back and just you know went into the book? Yes. Yeah, you're a Hall of Famer. You know, a future Hall of Famer. You're Justin Verlander. And then imagine if you know Presley could be your eighth inning guy. You know, like it's a lot to imagine. It is. And if you're Presley, you know, sometimes you're like you you don't want to be demoted right you're like oh man i've been doing a good job closing games you don't want to be demoted but if they're like hey justin verlander is gonna pitch the ninth if i'm presley i'm like yeah he's, it's justin verlander I, i'm okay with that. he walks out and gives him the ball yeah, himself. He's yeah. Like, here take it man. seriously he gives him his ring his, his his wedding band he's like here just take everything bro. use my glove <laughs> yeah yeah take it win the game uh what do you make out of jose arquiti we know that he was removed wednesday's game after a, two, a three and two-thirds scoreless no structural damage. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying with the way the rotation is going is at the current state, and there's going to be a day off that he might only miss one scheduled start. But that's a shoulder. Don't you want to give it a little bit of time? You have. You're fortunate, right? Oda Rizzi should be back soon. You got, you know, Fromber, hopefully, knock on wood. So I don't think there's any reason to to rush Urquidy. You know, make sure everything's right. You know, take your time with it because you're going to need him down the stretch. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from a lot of their pitching, man. It, it, it's it been a pleasant surprise this year. I really like – I like the opportunity. I like the potential of this staff. Imagine when they do get all back, the, the young arms going, and, and then if you do add a Verlander, how much – I mean, that's security you know, you can at least say we, you have a game plan. Right now, as it goes, like I said, it's, it's a lot of hope. Dusty just looks and hands the ball to the next man and just, I hope that you can make this happen. Get us out of this situation. Yeah, I think some of these guys, you know, like Rayleigh and Josh Smith, maybe you don't have to use them anymore in, in high leverage situations. You know, leave them for mop-up duty. You have some better options now. So I'm liking what I'm seeing there. Here's something I'm not liking what I'm seeing. And this is these were some comments when David Culley was asked about the quarterback situation. So obviously the Texans have Terod Taylor, right? And then it says here in this PFT article, but the possibility of Watson's departure led to a question for Culley about pressure to see what Davis Mills can now do so that the team can evaluate for next year. Because remember, Terod Taylor, he's, he's only on a one-year deal, you know, and it's very incentive-based as well. So my problem is, is when Culley was asked about that, he said the Texans are not not looking at it like that as far as getting a chance to see Davis Mills. He says it was it was just about creating competition at the quarterback position. What's with all the secrecy? 
you know, what's wrong with just being like, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun. And you don't use your first pick of the draft that you don't have until day two. Yeah. You don't use that pick on because comp- competition yeah. when you have holes. Yeah. It just makes no, it makes it look even worse. And you have Terod Taylor, and he was with Pat Hamilton with the Chargers last year. That's where the connection That's is. That's where the they connection trust is. Him. They trust him to be able to be serviceable enough to be able – I trust him to be able to do, make ends meet, let's call it with that. But again, we talk about the win total, and we, we make jokes about betting the under. Okay, so then let's say it does go under, and, and Taylor only wins three games. No matter what, people are going to look at it as as a failure. you know. As and, and you look at it and you say, look how many games you won with Watson. Right. But, but here's my thing. You know what Terod Taylor is. He's a journeyman quarterback. You only have him on a one-year deal. Of course you want to see what Davis Mills can do at some point if he's ready. Because if the team's as bad as we think they're going to be, they're going to be drafting in the top five next year, possibly looking at another quarterback. Don't you want to know or have a clue of what Davis Mills is so that you can have a more informed decision on whether you should take a quarterback again? Because I was looking at the schedule. Their bye week is week 10. Okay. I think there's a good chance they've only won one or two games by the time that bye week comes around. Why not, if, if they are as bad as we think they are, give Davis Mills like those last eight starts. Then you have an entire half a season to, to judge him on and, and see what he can do. That would make the most sense to me. To say they just drafted him to create competition, like, what are you talking about? You know, he should be your future if you took him there with your top pick. And Terod Taylor's just a, a bridge quarterback. What's wrong with saying, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun, so we took a quarterback, a young guy that we can groom, and, and hopefully he turns into something. And, yeah, we'd like to get a look at him next year at some point. What's all the secrecy? Oh, we're just creating competition. Like, what? It's no sense of direction. And when you have this problem, the age, average age of the NFL team's 32 Texans, 26 years old, 26.3. They're the dead last. They're the oldest team by average. That so, sounds right. So then to the point that we're trying to make here, it's it's like, and then you go and waste it on competition, like per se? Yeah. Or is it really competition or you're just trying to just give yourself a few outs? I, I think they're, they're so scared of, of looking bad is, is what I'm, you know, they've had so many PR blunders in the last year or so. I just don't see what's wrong with saying we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun, so we took a quarterback because you know Terod Taylor's only on a one-year deal. What's wrong with just saying that and saying, yeah, we would like to get a look at him next year if it makes sense? You draft a guy for competition, but you can't say that you want to play him. That doesn't make any sense to me. Also, though, on the other hand, what let's say what can Mills possibly show us with? Little bit of time, right? Like, like say what X, X week, whatever week he gets yes. thrown in there. Say it's week eleven, then you have eight starts to judge him on on the back and half then with of the that season. team. You know, with that defense, with teams being able to pin it back with that offensive line, or, and, and that's so much offensive. And that might be not a bright spot, but at least something that you can say. Well, we got a little. We put a piece there with you. We pay that guy. Yeah, you know, we pay him a house load. Like we pay him, but. What can he possibly, you know what I mean? What to to where they're next year going into the draft saying, you know what, quarterback, we're good. Yeah, there's nothing he could possibly do there. But you, what? But what if he plays well? You know, 
Herbert, nobody thought that was going to you know be the case. And I know he's a first round pick, but that's he different. has weapons. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's the only thing that gets me here. And I say Mills might not get his fair, not a fair shot, obviously, but he's not going to be dealt the same hand as a Herbert or someone that because they at least had weapons that that hit something. Mills is going to come in here with a, a disaster of a team. The the offense, the defense, no run game. Just the whole thing is is terrible. Imagine if Brandon Cooks has another year where he deals with some injuries. Because you know at some point Randall Cobb's going to get hurt again. I mean, who's he going to throw to? How well can Cooks keep up this pace that he finally set last year that you're like, okay, because he's a Watson guy. He 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 was... He was vocal about it, you know, about yeah. how fantastic it was with playing with Watson, how much he, how much he wanted to play with the Texans because how much he loved playing with Watson. Well, now that Watson's not there, what cooks are you going to get? It's a big concern. I mean, I think Terod Taylor will be able to get him the football. That's what's so good about Taylor, though, because he's also a locker room guy, and, and, and other guys will at least trust him. It's not like you're just putting random guy in there. They'll trust him, and they'll say, hey, he's been through some things. He's been through a few organizations. Yeah. Let's give him a shot. And I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that's why you sign the guy. You need him, let him play, and hopefully he plays well for you. The one thing I will say, we were talking, this all kind of started the show, right? We were talking about that week one game where the Texans are, are underdogs at home against the Jags. Rookie quarterback, I, yeah. rookie coach. Like, if, if Taylor and the Texans won that game, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to have some growing pains, and we know how bad Jacksonville's defense is. So, you know, give the guy a shot, but... We just don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun. But I don't think he's going to play here, Jerry. I don't. I think that is that ship has sailed. They're just waiting for the right opportunity. I think he goes to either Carolina, Denver, or Philly. So are there any quarterbacks on those three teams, if you were the Texans, that you would want in return if you traded them Deshaun? We'll say the three again, Philly. Philly, Carolina, and Denver. I guess Carolina at the other three. If I Sam, have to. Sam Darnold, if, if I have to, you, had you know to. me because we don't. I don't want Locke. I don't. I don't want. I don't want Hurts. You know. I don't yeah. want anything to do. I, don't, I for sure don't want Locke. I don't. I think they see what they have. Whether that's why they're so interested. They didn't even give him that much of time. They they know all his stats are 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 blank box scores, man. Because those they were always trailing like everything. He always got his team behind. Then he would have to make these little comebacks at the end of the game. <laughs> Like I, Except for when they dropped like 50 on the Texans. Remember that? All, yeah, the you suck two game. So when I say <laughs> when is the first possible point that we could see him because, okay, they're, they're, it's a one-point spread in that Jacksonville game, but there's a lot of big spreads in those first nine weeks. They're supposed to lose to Cleveland by 12. They're supposed to lose to Buffalo week four to by 14. Indianapolis, 11. Arizona, 9.5. Miami, 10.5. So say they are, say they do get blown out and they're losing by double digits. Is that a moment you just like, you know what, what the hell? Just put them in there. Do you think that happens? I, I do at some point, but they got to be able to protect him because, you know, you don't want to ruin this guy where, you know, it turns into a David Carr thing to where you didn't even get to find out if he's any good because he never had a shot. But of those spreads that you, you listed right there, that's interesting to me. Do you think it's overblown a little bit? You know, like how much the the media and the, the overall the overall NFL people feel about the Texans. You know, they're such a laughing stock. Do you think that has influenced the the spreads of, of some of these to be a little more than they really should? Are they gonna be that bad is what I'm asking. As I read that out loud, I thought to myself, man, I'm not sure if I've ever seen this big of spreads throughout a whole season for or a team. I mentioned earlier that the clo- outside the Jacksonville game, the closest game out other than that is Houston getting four against Carolina at home. Think about that. The closest thing to an even game outside of week one 
is Carolina at Houston. Houston getting four points. They're 14.5 point dogs, 11.5 point dogs multiple times. I mean, they're 11, and, uh, 11 point dogs at Tennessee week 11 after a bye. This is just, these are big numbers that they're hanging, huge numbers. They are. It, the one thing that occurs to me, too, with the Jacksonville game, I would probably take the Jags there. Remember, Bradley Roby, he can't play week one, right? Because of the suspension. So when DJ Chark comes here for week one, Texans won't have their best corner. Put him in your lineup. Yeah. Seriously, like DJ Chark, he's probably going to go off. You heard it here first. Yeah. The way too early fantasy football <laughs> sleeper of week one. This is Monday Line ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Real fun sports. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Last segment, last call, not for alcohol, but for you to go get in on those bets that we got laid out for this Sunday. I got one more before we get out of here. But Josh makes a great point about that Tampa Bay-New England game week four. What happens the following week? We just talked about it. Your Houston Texans, they're getting in on the action. Plus seven Texans is where that line for week five when New England visits Houston following the week where what if Tom Brady beats the brakes off of them in that in that moment? What is Belichick's mentality at that point? I think that that mentality would be Houston plus 10. They're gonna, that, mm-hmm. that line's going to change a whole bunch. So if you have that line available on your book, those, those, those future lines, go ahead and look at week five, New England at Houston. Cause New England's is going to be mad if they lose that game. Oh man. I mean, Belichick's going to, He's going to be out to prove something. He's going to be upset. They're going to come to play. And it's been a while. Like The Texans have had some success against New England in the recent past, but I don't think it'll be that weekend. You said the, the spread was seven. I, I I take that all day. And now getting confirmation that – and I'm not going to say confirmation because it could be Coach Speak trying to, trying to cover up for his guy, but I believe Bruce Arians is telling the truth when he confirms that Tom Brady struggled to learn that playbook. It was struggles at the beginning of the season. That's why you see that – it was up and downs. It's, they said it was until that second half, not even the whole game. The in the second half of that Chiefs game, when they were down, that they found, wow, this this starting to work. And then they carried it over and carried it over, and the rest we know how that ended. We do, and that makes sense, right? It's it's a new playbook, and let's be real too. Tom kept some of his offense, you know, from New England, but then they added some of this stuff. But you know, there was no off season. You know, Tom was, he didn't get to work with his guys as much as he normally would. There were no preseason games. Like, we forget how, how strange that was. A quarterback that had been in the same system for like 20 years, and then he switches teams in a, in a year where there's no preseason games or no real, you know, offseason activities. The fact that Tom was able to do it makes me even more impressed by him. So, what happens this year whenever you have, let's say, a rookie quarterback? or a new quarterback to a new team, let's call it a new relationship between quarterback and coach on a new team because there's a few of those scenarios with with uh, Darnold. Just, you know, so I don't want to say just rookie quarterback. New quarterback to new coach relationship. 
what happens with the shortened preseason, the shortened uh, OTAs that they're now doing? Is that something you take advantage of going into the season knowing, man, they're probably going to get off to a slow start. Let me take advantage of this now. Yeah, I think that's definitely something to pay attention to. I will say with like Trevor Lawrence, not so much, right? Because he's probably had that playbook for months, don't you think? You know, like they knew they were going to take him number one overall. He's probably had that playbook for quite some time. They just aren't going to come out and tell you that. Now, I looked at bold predictions this guy made of, 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 they say records that could be broken. Like, for example, last year, Dak Prescott was averaging 370 yards per game. If he would have kept that pace, it would have been 6,310, <laughs> surpassing Payne Manning at 5,400. I hate to be on pace guy like that. I mean, yeah. we know how bad that Cowboys defense was. They Dak had to score 35 to win. When you when when they say, hey, yeah. can you score 37 for us today and we might have a chance whenever we, the Texans, and we were like, well, we didn't know they were going to have to score 50. <laughs> and they throw the ball 50 times a game. They struggled to run the ball last year. I think they'll be a little better at that this upcoming season because I think the offensive line will be better. And Zeke looks like he's in great shape. So I like their offense, but you're right. They're going to have to score a lot of points. Is this the year that Derrick Henry finally surpasses Dickinson? Coming up 79 yards short. Oh, man. I, I worry that he's going to fall off just because of all the usage. I was kind of you know, leery to draft him last year because of how much work he had. And then he went and rushed for 2,000 yards again. How about Devontae Adams, your boy, league high, 98.1 receiving yards. That's 1,374. But he missed two yes. games. Can he catch Calvin Johnson? 1,964. Think about that. I just said 1,374 for Adams after missing two games. And he's still short. Almost 600 yards. Yeah, I just, he's more of a touchdown guy than a yards guy. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't run, you know, his A dot, his depth per target isn't super far down the field. So, no, I don't think he's breaking that. Did we learn that Dalvin Cook is the all purpose back that we thought he could maybe be in an amount of carries he got? And where does he go in fantasy world? Because he averaged 137 yards per scrimmage trying to catch Chris Johnson that year that, uh, in 2009. Can he? put together a better year than he did last season, also missing two games due to uh, with a groin and ankle. That's the thing, right? He he does get beat up. He's you know, he's not the biggest dude in the world. So I love him for fantasy. Sure, you know, take him at the top of your draft. I'd you know, I'd take McCaffrey in front of him, but he's definitely a you know top three, top four pick. You know, Kubiak's son, right, is their new offensive coordinator. Yeah. So the system should kind of stay the same. So I like Dalvin Cook. You just worry that he's going to get nicked up. You know, you, you take Alexander Madison at the end of your draft, and he should be good. The one I did like here, though, was Strahan's record of 22 and a half sacks. Aaron Donald's already had his 20, right? In the first, he, in the first, I believe, eight weeks, he gets Russell Wilson, Wentz, Watson, and Daniel Jones. Those are the top four sacked quarterbacks. Mm. Yeah, you could see something like that. I, I think the Rams are going to be sneaky good this year. I just think they... The game plan for him so much, don't, don't get me wrong, he still disrupts and, and yeah. you can't even stop him, but it makes it that much harder for him because you you specifically game plan. Don't don't forget the times that Watt would get off the line, there would be two or three guys on yeah. him. Remember that we just it was just a wall. They 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 were specifically game planning to keep him out. They are. The the one thing you like though is those guys rushing from inside. They get those mismatches on guards that they're quicker than. So a lot of times but to your point, if 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 it's a double team, that can be an issue. You know, stand with the Rams just for a second. Those are two guys that I think are being undervalued this year, and that would be Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. You know what I mean? Like they're Boost. yeah, I think with Matt Stafford throwing him the ball, like 
and they're not being appreciated that much in fantasy drafts. I think those guys are are guys to target this year. I think that offense is going to take off. I'm going to tell you who to target before we get out of here in the NBA. You got the Celtics and the Knicks today. Celtics have no reason to play anyone. They're already worried about the playing game, uh, the tournament. Knicks need to win today. That spread is 12. Anyone that goes in without checking what needs to happen in the NBA today, they're going to look at that line and be like, how the hell are the New York Knicks favored by 12? It's because Celtics, they don't even, they might put out Robert Parrish out there today. They don't need to put anyone out there. They need to just get out of there without being injured and get out of there in one piece. I think the New York Knicks will blow them out. I'm going to play the Celtics team total under. I'm going to take Knicks at first half and for the game because I do believe this is a blowout. Also, whenever they put up the line for that Nuggets-Lakers game, there's no reason for the Nuggets to want to win that game because then they're going to have to play the Lakers. You saw the Clippers the other day blow the game against the Rockets because they didn't want to play the Lakers. It's a matter of trying to set yourself up. Nuggets do not want to win that game. This is Moneyline. I'm going to go ahead and sign off like we do every single Sunday. We appreciate you guys hanging out. We really do. We love you all. Every single Sunday from 10 to noon, that's not going to change. Well, at least not right now. So signing off like we always do. That's Josh Jordan. That's Dell, And I am Jerry Bonos with a Z. Peace. ESPN. 97.